Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the CBJ show. And yes, 2020 is over and it's 2021. We got through 15 episodes, started just me and Jason in the summer, and we added Cam a few weeks later. And uh, we're just happy that this first year uh, went as smooth as possible. And this next year, 2021, will be even smoother. Uh, today, we'll be talking about uh, the opening weeks of the NBA, a very close look at the NFL playoff picture, um, and discussions on who will make the playoffs and who won't, and we'll end our predictions at the end. Uh, I'm going to start with Jason on uh, first thoughts on the NBA opening weeks. I mean, there's a lot uh, to talk about here. Uh, it's definitely a different environment because they're not in a bubble like they were a few months ago, and they're playing at their normal arenas, except there's no fans and there's lots of COVID safety protocols. So it's definitely uh, a season that will be very, very different. I mean, obviously last year, that was a huge difference from going with fans in an arena to a bubble with like a virtual crowd and fan noise. But I think it is kind of helpful that the teams do get to play in their home arenas. Obviously, the no fans does play a factor because there are some really loud crowds that we know of in the NBA. But um, I think that they're doing they're handling it in a good way. Um, the protocols are helpful because we already seen a lot of teams um, have players held up because of the safety protocols. And there's actually one game was the Rockets Thunder. Their first game got canceled because they didn't have enough uh, players to play a game because of the protocols. So I think that they're doing a good job here um, with this non-bubble format with no fans. And I think that hopefully they'll be able to incorporate fans uh, later in the season. And it's overall been a pretty good start. Yeah, like Jason said, it's obviously going to be a different season. There's obviously no fans impacts a team in like those loud games. But I think the NBA is doing a great job so far. I mean, the protocols have been great. Games are still happening, and teams are still playing. So as long as that's happening, you can't really complain. I mean, you could argue that it could have some fans, but I think it's NBA's done a great job so far and look like the season's going to be a really good season and we're going to have some good playoffs when playoff time comes. Uh, word around us is that we're happy the NBA season is back, but it's definitely different than usual. Uh, being back in home markets without fans is definitely awkward. Um, last year in the bubble, they had the virtual fans. Made it feel like there were still fans, but it's definitely different with home markets, no virtual fans. And wonder how that will impact. Moving on from our opening thoughts is how has COVID impacted the NBA? And just like the NFL, there's going to be uh, some people getting COVID here and there. And what uh, I want to ask you guys both, what do you think the uh, NBA should do to reduce the amount of uh, people getting COVID and your thoughts on the NBA's restrictions on pro on COVID protocols? I'm going to start with Kim on this one. Uh, as we can see, as of right now, the NBA is doing a slightly better job than the NFL since the NFL has multiple positive cases right now. But, you know, their protocols have been great so far. The NFL does have great protocols as well, but players still seem to be getting it. 
Uh, the NBA is doing a great job of testing players, having those protocols in place, penalizing players when they break protocols. So I think, you know, the NBA will still have some positive cases because it's just, like, pretty hard to avoid. But I think they've done a great job, and they're going to continue to do a great job as they did in the bubble, and they started the season so far. So, you know, this this one has been pretty good. So, the, you know, cases are already something you want to avoid in the league, but it's going to happen. And they got great protocols when it does happen, and they've already started to limit those protocols in place. I mean, I would agree 100% with Cam. Um, I think one thing that uh, they need to keep doing, I'm pretty sure they're doing this, not entirely sure, but daily testing like the NFL uh, is really important. And one thing that I've been noticing on the schedules, multiple teams, is that they're staying in one city um, for about two to four days. Like, for example, the Celtics stayed in Indiana for four days because they played them twice. It's kind of like in the playoffs, like games one and two or slash games three and four. It's an interesting format. I think it's just to reduce travel because of COVID. Um, and I think that overall, uh, I know Cam uh, got a lot of the details there, but I think they're doing a good job. Um, just keep the testing. Uh, protocols have been great so far. They've been holding out players if they were close contact. We haven't really had many positive cases that I know of so far, but overall it's been pretty good. Overall, I think we're all happy about the NBA being back. Jason, uh, you want to start uh, talking about the biggest surprises you've seen? expecting some we weren't it's been all over the place I mean uh the 2020-2021 NBA season is going to be a good one and we're happy that we had a good start so one surprise that we saw was the Washington Wizards started their season 0-5 this is including their deal that got them Russell Westbrook he's playing alongside Bradley Beal he has missed a few games but they started 0-5 they did get their first win last night when Westbrook was hurt, but overall, one in five record, that's not really a good start. Like, should we be concerned about the Washington Wizards? Should uh, their head coach, um, Scott Brooks, should he have to be fired? We're going to start with Brandon on this one. Brandon's having some technical difficulties, so I'm going to start with the Wizards, you know, they're in a bit of a hole right now. I don't think it was expected for them to start off the season that poorly with that big deal in West, with the Westbrook trade and they got Bradley Beal in Westbrook. We think we thought that would be a good deal. It, it hasn't really come up to what we thought of yet, but, you know, it's just the beginning of the season. It's very early, and they should be able to get stuff going early. I don't think they should fire Scott Burks yet, but if they continue to progress like this and – record gets worse than definitely a thought but as of now um, they should just keep trying to get through it's early in the season they still got to build that momentum um, and they should be able to rebound from this you know just gotta get going get the momentum going like I said m multiple times and really start working hard and I think Westbrook can be able to be able to step up eventually and start working together better Brandon your thoughts yeah, sorry about those technical difficulties, but um, I definitely think that uh, this is surprising that uh, the Wizards signed Russell Westbrook and that him and Beal uh, couldn't do anything. And but I don't think I think it's too early 
to uh, fire head coach Scott Brooks because it's only been five games, and uh, I think they just need a, a quick rebound once they get their first win. I think uh, they'll be able to improve last night they got their first win, and I think uh, this will help them uh, improve moving forward. I mean, I'd agree there because uh, I wouldn't be too concerned about this team so far. Uh, the season is um, still very early in. A lot can change. I mean, the Denver Nuggets, they're one and four right now, but I see them being a top three seed still. And then the Wizards, we really weren't expecting a start like this. They do have one of the tougher schedules in the league, just looking at it. They did have an easy matchup against uh, an injured Minnesota Timberwolves team without Carl Anthony Towns last night. But, I mean, I, I don't think they should be too worried. Russell Westbrook's been dropping triple-doubles every single game that he's played this year. Um, in, I believe, four, game, four of the six games Westbrook has played, he's had a triple-double. Bradley Beal is averaging over 30, which is incredible. And they got the young guys like uh, Thomas Bryant, Rui Hachimura, and Denny Abdiha from Israel. So I think that they have a bright future. Shouldn't be too worried. I think maybe a 7-8 to eight seed is a bit more realistic now. Because, I mean, we've seen a lot of teams jump out to good starts that we weren't expecting, like the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Atlanta Hawks. They started really hot. So, I mean, we'll see how the rest of the season plays out for Washington, but I'm not too concerned about them right now. Moving on, another team struggling, the Toronto Raptors at 1-3. They've always been a consistently playoff-caliber team. Uh, without Kawhi Leonard, they've definitely shown regression. Pascal Siakam needs to be their number one option for the future. They did sign Fred Van Vliet to a huge extension this offseason. They still have um, Kyle Lowry, who is one of the greatest Raptors of all time. And one in three, that's not a good start. Pascal Siakam did get benched um, for disciplinary reasons the other day. But this is not the Raptors team that we all know. We, they, we know they lost Serge Ibaka as well this offseason, so they're clearly a worse team. Uh, Brandon, what are your thoughts on the Toronto Raptors? Uh, is this like the end of a run for them after Kawhi Leonard brought them a title? Um, I think it's too early to say. To, uh, I'll say again, just like I said, the Wizards, uh, too early, only five games in to uh, about an 80-game NBA season. And um, it's uh, there, there's plenty of time for turnaround, but this is definitely a slow start for them. And if they continue on this trail, there may or may not be a top team in the East, and which is surprising because I think even though they've lost a few players and since Kawhi left, I think they still have a good team. They went to uh, the Eastern Conference semifinals against the Celtics in 4-7 against them last year. So I, this isn't a team that I would say out of the playoffs, but maybe not a top three, not top team in the East if they continue this way. Yeah, I got to agree with Brandon there. I think it's a little too early to tell, and but they definitely they definitely still very well make could be a playoff team. They're in a bit of a hole. They're struggling a little bit. But like Washington, if they can get their momentum going, start working together a little bit better, then you know they should be back back and ready to go. You know, Serge Ibaka is a good loss for them. He's a great player, impacting the team. But it shouldn't be that word yet. It's very early in the season. So but if they continue like this, it might be start to get lower. It might be a little end. Might need to start to work on the draft order a little more than playoffs. But 
it's very early, and I think they can still make the playoffs if they want. Yeah, I definitely think that they have a chance to make the playoffs, but I think it all depends on if Pascal Siakam can be a number one option on uh, a playoff team. We saw that he could do it last year, um, but he did have the help from Kyle Lowry and Fred VanVleet. But I think this is the year where Pascal Siakam needs to average over 25 points a game. Um, he's a great up-and-coming player, and I think he'll be one of the best players, um, I guess, two-way players. He's a great defender as well. Um, but I don't know if this Raptors team can make it that far. I think they might be a first-round exit to fringe playoff team. I think they can sneak in there um, with some improvement. Nick Nurse is a fantastic coach, so I think um, they should be fine there. And I think that um, if they turn it around, uh, the Raptors could be a scary team in the East. Uh, another big surprise was an injury from Memphis Grizzlies' young star point guard, John Morant. The team is also without um, Jaron Jackson Jr. He's another good young player. Um, Morant's going to be out for a little over a month, they're estimating. So what should be the Grizzlies' plan going forward with John Morant missing time? What are your thoughts on that, Cam? John Morant's a big loss for that team. You know, he's a great player. He's impacts the team immensely. But they they should be able to. Hopefully, they can be able to perform without him. Really proves how how well they are. But they still got a good team there, and I think you know they definitely won't be as good without him. But they should be able to at least hold hold their momentum where they, where they are right now. Maybe drop a few few games than they would have. But when he comes back. That would be great for them, but I think they'll be able to at least hold where they are right now and, you know, continue, maybe drop a few more games they wouldn't have. But it's definitely a big loss for them. You saw with the game he exited against Brooklyn, uh, Memphis was still able to win, but that was because he had played most of the game. But the next game against the Celtics when they were missing Jackson and Moran, they just couldn't win against a okay struggling Boston team uh, and I think this is a big loss for them and I think they're going to be able to bounce back. Uh, be able to bounce back and I think once they come back uh, Memphis is probably uh, a contender in the playoffs this year. I think they could definitely be too. I think that there are around 10 teams in the Western Conference that are going to be fighting for playoff spots. I think I'd say the top like six are locks, and then you have four teams that are fighting for two, and I think the Memphis Grizzlies are among those four teams. So you have John Morant and Jaron Jackson Jr. healthy. I mean, this year it's going to be hard to tell. John Morant has elevated his game in the first two games. He dropped 44 points in his first game of the year, um, which is pretty crazy. So I think that um, with a healthy Morant and Jackson, they will um, be able to turn it around. And our last big surprise of the start of the season was uh, a blowout game. It the Mavericks and the Clippers. The Mavericks beat the Clippers by 51. And this was, the Mavs did not have Kristaps Porzingis, but the Clippers did not have Kawhi Leonard. And in a 51-point deficit, Paul George was the number one option on the Clippers because they did not have Kawhi Leonard um, to lead the team there. And, I mean, a 51-point loss, that's kind of embarrassing. Kawhi had to get eight mouse stitches and he has to wear a mask now but in that game 51 point loss that is not acceptable from a contending team 
like the LA Clippers. So this brings up a lot of questions. Uh, are the Clippers legit without Kawhi? And can Paul George be the number one option on a team that is trying to win a championship right now? We're going to start with Brandon. First off, I want to say that this is their first loss of the season for the Clippers, but it was a big loss. Losing by 51 is not something you see every day. Uh, not, not just every day, but not just every year. Something once in a blue moon. And I think without Kawhi, this brings issues um, for the Clippers. And I think that they're going to need to hope that Kawhi is available for every game. But if he's not, I think um, someone needs to step up. Is it Paul George? Uh, they obviously lost uh, Montrez Harrell last year. But who else can step up in uh, L.A. Uh, is a big question. Yeah, I agree with Brandon. Someone else has got to step up. I mean, losing by 51, if I'm not mistaken, they set an NBA record at halftime, down 50 points at halftime. So that's that's not what you want on a team and in the game. So someone's definitely got to step up. Paul George probably needs to be that guy and help the team be a strong number one option. And moving on to our 2020-2021 NBA regular season predictions. Jason, who do you got? All right, my MVP here. Um, a lot of people and experts have had this this guy as their favorite to win it. He's not the one that won it last year. I think that the guy that won it last year, Giannis Antetokounmpo, is definitely a near second. And also James Harden, even if he gets traded, he's still going to be a 30-plus point-per-game scorer. But I got the young guy from Slovenia in his third year, Luka Doncic winning MVP. He's had a great start to his young career. He averaged almost 29 points, nine rebounds, nine assists last year. This year, off to a rough start, even without Kristaps Porzingis statistically. The team hasn't been scoring that many points. They did blow out the Clippers, like we mentioned, by 51 in one of their first few games. But, I mean, Luka Doncic, it's definitely a rough start, but I think that when Kristaps Porzingis comes back, he's going to get more assists. He's averaging around 24 points, seven and a half rebounds, and six assists right now, which is not really MVP numbers. I think if you ended the season right now, the top guys would be Giannis, James Harden, maybe even Bradley Beal, Kevin Durant, Kawhi. So I think that um, Luka can definitely bring those stats up. I had him as my favorite for MVP going into the year, and I think that he can finish it out strong. I got to agree with you there, Jason. I got to stick with Luca too. He's the he's the favorite on right now, and I think he'll be able to get it done. I agree with you, Giannis, with a close second, possibly Kawhi, Durant, Harden, all theirs too. Even Westbrook, if he continues to put up his numbers and helps their team start to win more. So I got to stick with you with Luca. If you got anything different, Brandon. Um, I actually do. I, I made this decision. Um, in my head a couple of days ago, and I decided that I wanted to uh, go for a different answer than both of them. Said I'm going with Giannis because that's the fan favorite. He won it last year, and I think this year he can win again, and I think this is Milwaukee's chance to win a championship. Uh, we've seen Giannis being great in the regular season, but when it comes to the playoffs, he always falls apart. But I think this year is a year Giannis does not fall apart in the 
uh, Milwaukee Bucks are heading to the uh, either the Eastern Conference champion uh, matchup or the um, NBA championship. All right, moving on. We are one week away from the NFL postseason and the playoff pitches wrapping up. We still got the Chiefs who locked in the one seed in the AFC with Bills and Steelers fighting for the two and three seed with the Titans, Dolphins, Ravens, and Browns as a four, five, six, and seven. With the Colts right there as the eight, all of those five teams are 10 and five fighting for four spots. And in the NFC, we got the Packers and the Saints and the Seahawks all competing for the one seed. Packers at one right now, Saints at two, Seahawks at three, with the football team leading the NFC East at the four seed with the Bucks, the five, and the Rams, Bears at the seven, with the Cardinals right there at the eight, and the Cowboys and Giants still possibly could win the NFC East, depending on all the crazy situations going right now. Starting off, who will win the NFC East if Washington wins their in? If Washington loses, the winner of Dallas and the Giants get in. So Washington wins, they're in. They lose, they're pretty much going to be out. So, Jason. Who you got winning the NFC East? I think this is definitely a different take, but I had than what you guys are gonna say. But I really think that the Dallas Cowboys are that team to win the NFC East. They're not my favorite team in the NFC East. I'd love to see the Washington Football Team in that division, but I think that it comes down to that Sunday night matchup. The Eagles really aren't playing for anything, so they're gonna experiment. Miles Sanders did get ruled out, but I think that Jalen Hurts just elevated his game to a new level in the past few weeks. The Washington football team with a great run defense. They're going to be caught by surprise uh, a bit. They definitely are going to play Hurts against uh, Washington. So I think that they're going to be caught by surprise and they might lose that game. And then Giants-Cowboys, I really want the Giants to win that game, but I think that the Cowboys are going to do it. They really want to win this game, of course, for Dak Prescott with that really scary injury. Uh, We're all very sad about Dak, hoping he's uh, getting better, but I think it's time for Zeke to prove himself this year. He's had an up-and-down year ever since um, Dak was out of the lineup. Um, they've been more uh, not really handing it off to Zeke. Tony Pollard has gotten a bit more involved and we giving it to Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lemon, and Michael Gallup. But I think Zeke can have a big game. Uh, the O-line is obviously banged up, and the defense has been a very subpar in Dallas this year. But the Giants are missing Saquon Barkley, and I think – um, to that ACL injury, and I think that is a huge part in why I'm choosing the Dallas Cowboys to win the division. All right, Brandon, and who you got? I'm going to have to go with the Washington football team. They've proved it all season uh, that they're the best defense in the NFC East. They've uh, won some close games and even some games that they've lost. They've been very close games. We saw them beat Seattle this season. They beat Pittsburgh when they were undefeated. Uh, this Washington team, uh, I think a lot of people thought that they would not be good because they don't really have a team name. And people thought, oh, how can a football team without a name make the playoffs or do anything good? Chase Young has been great. I think he gets another sack or maybe a fumble recovery touchdown in the game. And I'm going Washington. I got to agree with you there. I got to stick with Washington too. And next, next up. Who will be the two seed and the three seed in the AFC with the Steelers resting Big Ben starting Mason Rudolph and the Bills? They win and Steelers lose, they become the two seed. Buffalo can win or Pittsburgh loss gets them the two seed. Pittsburgh win and a Buffalo loss gets them the two seed. 
Buffalo plays Miami, Pittsburgh plays Cleveland. Jason, who you got kicking the two seed? I think this one is uh, a little more obvious than the last one, but there are going to be some really fun games again involving the two and three seed. I think it is going to be the Buffalo Bills. Um, I know Buffalo is also going to arrest uh, Josh Allen for a bit of the game, maybe Stephon Diggs, and maybe on defense, Tredavious White, and all those good guys on D. But I think that Buffalo has a lock win on Miami. I don't think they have to – they can't really go into this game thinking that they're going to blow them out because that's not true. Miami is a great football team this year. They have one of the best defenses in the NFL. Xavier Howard is making a case for a defensive player of the year. Um, so I think that Buffalo, they can't take this game for granted, but they're going to get the win. And then Pittsburgh, I'm really surprised. Um, if they lose this game, they're automatically the three seed in the AFC. So, and then they'd have to play um, one, one of the worst teams, but there are some good teams that are currently 10 and five. And I think if they play Baltimore, a healthy Baltimore with Lamar Jackson, who has returned to MVP form in the past few weeks, I think that, you know, Pittsburgh's um, going to have a rough time. So I'm really um, surprised by this decision. And I don't really think Pittsburgh can beat the Cleveland Browns. They did – Cleveland did miss their wide receivers and other skills players due to the COVID safety protocols because they were in contact with someone who got COVID. So I think that um, it's not a good idea from Pittsburgh, and I think um, they're going to regret this decision. All right, I got to stick with you. I think Buffalo is going to take the two seat too. So, Brendan, who you got? Looks like uh, you got a majority because uh, unanimous decision for uh, Buffalo at the two seed. And um, we, we've been talking about this all week that uh, uh, resting Big Ben and starting Miles Rudolph is probably uh, not the smartest by Mike Tomlin. And I think since they – kind of play the Washington football team. They've just not been good. Uh, they did juju and some of the players stopped dancing and they actually won last week. But um, it was a close game against Indy in Cleveland. Obviously, we're missing players last week against the Jets. And they're going to be hungry for a win. They want to get into the playoffs, so they're going to uh, probably win. And I just think uh, if it gets to a point where Pittsburgh uh, doesn't have a chance to beat Cleveland, uh, I think we see some players in Buffalo resting, so that'll definitely be interesting. Our next discussion is in the NFC, the seventh seed is still up for grabs uh, between three teams, Arizona, LA Rams, and Chicago Bears, and uh, I'll, I'll start with Cam on this one. Uh, who do you think is going to um, make that seventh seed? Which two teams, I should say, will uh, make the playoffs? And your thoughts on the Rams uh, starting John Wolford because uh, Jerry Goff is injured? Yeah, we got two teams competing for three spots there. I certainly believe that the Chicago Bears are the worst out of those three teams. But you never know. They've been playing great lately. And obviously, if you're the Rams, you want to have Jerry Goff quarterback. But obviously, with his thumb surgery, that's not going to happen. But I still think that the Rams and the Bears will make the playoffs as a six and seven seed. I think the Cardinals haven't been doing too good lately. I do believe that Kyler Murray's hurt. I believe he hurt his shoulder, and I believe he hurt something else in the in the game last week on the last play of the game where he got sacked. So 
I think that the Rams will still be able to get the win. And I think Chicago, if Chicago wins, they're in. I don't think they will beat Green Bay, but I think due to Arizona losing, they might still get in. So I have the Rams and the Chicago Bears make the playoffs as a six and seven seed. I actually think the exact same thing. Um, so what would happen is a Rams win, that puts them in. A Bears win, that puts them in. But there's a Rams versus Cardinals game. Two of those three teams, they play against each other. So I think that is uh, a big – it definitely determines, you know, who makes it in because um, I think the Bears do play in the early window and then the Rams-Cardinals in the late window on Sunday, tomorrow. So uh, I don't expect uh, the Bears to – beat the Packers, like Cam said. David Montgomery has looked like an elite running back the past few weeks, so got to give him credit. But I don't think Mitch Trubisky can beat Aaron Rodgers. Um, but I think it does definitely come down to that Rams-Cardinals game. Kyler Murray, for the entire second half of the regular season, has been sort of banged up. He's been injured a lot. And uh, like Cam mentioned, he had another big injury last week. So he definitely wasn't the same player that he was when he threw that Hail Mary to DeAndre Hopkins. Hopkins is also a bit injured. They definitely have to play him. He's questionable, um, but he's definitely going to have to play if their season is on the line here. And I think it comes down to defensive stops here because Murray, Hopkins, they're not healthy. So Jerry Goff isn't either, and John Wolford's going to be there. But uh, And also their run game, we don't know much about it this week because uh, – Cam Akers is questionable. Darrell Henderson is on injured reserve, I believe. And then that leaves Malcolm Brown if Cam Akers can't play. So I think it does come down to who can get stops in the run game. And I think it is the Los Angeles Rams because Aaron Donald is arguably the best defender in football. And then even in the secondary, you got Jalen Ramsey. So I think he's going to have to lock down Hopkins. Uh, and I think that uh, the Rams are going to take that game. And then an Arizona loss means uh, Chicago gets in. So L.A. and Chicago for me. Well, I'm going to have to disagree with that L.A.-Arizona game because I think Kyle Murray and DeAndre Hopkins may be banged up, but they're ready for a playoff uh, berth. And the last time um, a play, uh, uh, NFL team had backup QB on week 17 with a playoff berth online, it was uh, – the Dallas Cowboys, and uh, they didn't get in against the Philadelphia Eagles that, uh, in 2012 or 2013, if I remember. So I think it's going to be the same for the Rams. It'll be a close game, probably low scoring as both uh, uh, as Murray's banged up and Rams starting a backup QB. But I think Arizona, in the end, uh, wins. And also, I think we all agree that Bears will make the playoffs. If they beat Green Bay, that'll be big. Uh, not just as the seventh seed and they make it, but it'll impact who will be a top seed in the NFC. And our All final right. discussion here for the playoff picture is which of the five remaining teams that have not clinched playoff bursts in the AFC, which team of the five will be eliminated? These teams are the Tennessee Titans, Miami Dolphins, Baltimore Ravens, Cleveland Browns, and Indianapolis Colts. Uh, if you look at their schedules, Tennessee plays the Texans, Dolphins play the Bills, Ravens play the Bengals, Browns against the Steelers, and Colts against the Jaguars. And the current standings read Titans, Dolphins, Ravens, Browns, and the Colts just outside the playoffs. But for four of these teams, it's win and they're in. 
And if one of these teams lose and Indy wins, Indy's in and that team is out. So, Cam, who do you think your team that's going to be eliminated will be? I think Miami's going to get eliminated here. They definitely got the toughest, toughest game here against Buffalo. But, you know, they still got a shot if one of these other teams loses as they're in the top wild card right now. But I think they're going to get the odd man out. I think Tennessee, Tennessee and Texans, they have a chance to win. Ravens and Bengals, Browns and Steelers, Colts and Jags, they all got – they don't got as hard games as Miami do against Buffalo. You know, you could say the Cleveland game against Steelers is – Pretty tough game, but I think the Dolphins, you know, and they, they're without Fitzmagic, Fitzpatrick again, so they don't got him. So two is going to really have to step up. So I got the Dolphins getting knocked out. And I think there's also a possibility that the Colts end up winning the AFC North and the Titans possibly lose, which means the Colts would win that division. But I still think the Dolphins would still get kicked out of the playoffs there. So Miami, I hate to do it here again, but I don't think you're going to end up making the playoffs this year. As Kim mentioned, uh, not only are the Colts uh, one of few teams, one of five teams uh, looking for a playoff spot, but they could actually jump all the way up to the four seed. Uh, that would require Tennessee to uh, lose against the Texans. Texans are eliminated, but Watson uh, is a, has options. He's been great all season. And uh, the last matchup in Tennessee against the Texans, it was a, a shootout back and forth. Uh, I think this game is going to be greatly anticipated, but I'm going to have to agree that Miami probably has the hardest matchup with uh, the Steelers resting Big Ben. Uh, I think if the Steelers were resting Big Ben, uh, this would be much closer between Cleveland and Miami, but it really comes down to who Pittsburgh's starting, and it looks in, it, it's looking like Miles Rudolph is starting uh, for Pittsburgh. I'm going, to, I'm going to say Miami is eliminated. I agree as well with both of you there. Um, for four of these teams, it's winning you're in. And one of those four teams that takes up the four through seventh seed is the Miami Dolphins. And I just don't see them making it. And then the Colts, they, I think, have the – I'd say they have the easiest matchup of, you know, these five teams. They play the Jacksonville Jaguars, who have already locked up the number one pick in the 2021 NFL draft. So – Indy, they've struggled this year. They've had some good games, surprised people a lot. Their defense has been elite. DeForest Buckner was a great addition there from San Francisco. Offense starting to click. Uh, their receivers are looking good. T.Y., Zach Pascal, Michael Pittman. So I think that Indy takes that win versus Jacksonville. And then Dolphins versus Buffalo. There's just no way that um, Buffalo's going to lose to Miami. So I think that Miami is the team to fall out. And as all – the other four teams will win the game. All right, that concludes our NFL discussion. We are 11 days away from the NHL kicking off on January 13th. They have settled on a 56-game season where each team in each division will play each other eight times. We got two special matchups, the Golden Knights versus Colorado and the Bruins versus Flyers. We'll play outside in Lake Tahoe, Utah on February 20th and the 21st. The new divisions are for COVID safety. We got the East. Central, North, and the West. And some news, Boston Bruins, longtime 14-year captain, 22-year vet, Zayna Char, has signed a one-year one year $785,000 contract with the Washington Capitals, which leaves the door open for Priest Bergeron to possibly the new captain. As a Bruins fan, it's sad to see him go, but he's with a new team now.
send it back to you guys for our MLB update. Our MLB update, the San Diego Padres are making moves. They're bringing in two elite pitchers. You got Blake Snell from the Tampa Bay Rays, uh, the AL champs last year, and then you Darvish from the Chicago Cubs. Those are going to be really big additions to a young San Diego Padres team that are going to be really fun to watch next year as that next season is beginning to be planned. We have the college football final is among us. Alabama beat Notre Dame 31-14 to in Ohio State, upset Clemson 49-28 to with Justin Fields throwing six touchdowns. Trevor Lawrence could still be there for the Jets as a second pick. Who knows? But Alabama enters this game as a seven-point favorite over Ohio State. But we know when Ohio's underdogs, they come to compete. Fields showed his toughness last night, finishing the game after taking a targeting hit from Skoskowski, who was ejected in the second quarter. That championship game will be Monday, January 11th at Hard Rock Stadium in Miami. Well, that's it. We um, talked about NBA, NFL, NHL, MLB, and added quick notes about college football, which we don't usually do, but we add uh, little things. It's great. I mentioned at the beginning, this is our second year. We uh, went through 15 episodes last year. We uh, had special guest Mike Reese from ESPN, who you may remember. We're hoping to get him back along with a few other guests um, to be determined, but hopefully we'll get more guests in this upcoming year as we love to build our uh, podcast bigger than it is. We hope uh, you enjoy listening on Spotify, Apple Music, Apple Podcasts, uh, wherever you are listening, there, or on YouTube with uh, Jason and I's YouTube channel, BPYT and JGYT. I don't have anything else. Do you have anything else, guys? All right, well, 16 episodes in, 2021 is here, and we'll see you next time.